Okay, Mizzou loses to Tennessee 35-12 to in Knoxville. A um, lot to go over, but your initial thoughts. Uh, I think it's funny that started laughing at the beginning. I think we should explain why. Uh, we started this off a little bit ago, but then some ESPN highlights started playing, so that's why he was laughing, because we had to start over. Anyway, uh, needless to say... I'm extremely disappointed. Uh, This hurt a lot more than the Bama loss for obvious reasons, but unlike last week when we were talking about the Bama loss, where we still don't know what this team is, uh, just because we were playing Bama and they were just so good, you can't really get a good feel for the team. Now we have a good feel for the team. Uh, It's not great, but we should have a quarterback and we have a kicker. And, man, is it nice to have a kicker that's not fucker McCann. <laughs> wow, I've never heard you call him that. That's actually clever. But, um, yeah, so Sean Robinson, well, the QB battle is really going to be one of the main talking points of this game. But Sean Robinson came in to start after looking impressive last week. I thought he was better than Bazelak against Bama, but today for whatever reason he was just bad um negative four yards of total offense today from him uh just he was not making any good reads i don't i don't even know if he connected on a single pass um i just but Bayslack after well okay so robinson lasted two drives and then Bayslack came in looked really good um had a really bad interception late in the game but i mean it was over but he still um he still, I mean, as soon as he came in, the offense just started, you know, getting a lot of chunk plays, moving the ball down the field, and um, Bazelak just looked really impressive. And uh, I mean, what did you think of Bazelak? I mean, I know you how you think about it, but of course, I gotta ask you for the pod. Well, yeah. Um, like I was saying before we started recording, I get the impression that he's like Nick Foles. Uh, obviously, he's faster than Nick Foles, but his pocket presence is great. And he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he can sling it downfield if he needs to. And he just has great pocket presence and awareness. He doesn't get nervous ever. And that's kind of the big dick Nick energy. And I'm really excited to see what he does moving forward. And I think he is obviously our quarterback and i don't think sean robinson should get any other snaps i think we found our quarterback and unless he just completely sucks then he's our quarterback moving forward because the worst thing that you can possibly have on a football team or uh, if you're trying to build culture which is exactly what he's doing is a quarterback competition you need that one guy who's the leader of your team that everyone else rallies behind and i think our guy is connor yeah, I mean, so Connor, he finished with 218 yards today, um, completed about 62% of his passes. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he got us in the end zone, essentially. Um, Larry Roundtree finished off the scoring drive. Um, and Larry Roundtree today, by the way, looked really good, too. But, yeah, so Sean Robinson, I mean, he was supposed to be really good. Um, from what I heard last year, the players thought he was the best QB on the roster by far. 
And so I don't know if something's going on there or just, I don't know. Because like I said, Robinson looked really good last week, but this week just totally different story. I mean, and then after that, Drink just played the hot hand, which I think was the right move. Bazelak clearly was sparking the offense. But I mean, if you're Robinson at this point, like what really are you going to do? Because um, obviously a kid in this situation, a college kid would be looking to transfer, but Sean Robinson, he transferred here from TCU, and um, he took a whole year off. He learned behind Kelly Bryant, someone who had a similar skill set to him. You know, he's been here for a while, and if you can't win the job at Missouri, like, where are you actually going to go? So I think his best bet at this point is just to ride out this season, see if he can get any more opportunities, make the best of it, and just, you know, like you said earlier, um, just kind of be that quarterback that, you know, you know, we use on two-point conversions or just, you know, a particular situation where Bazelak doesn't exactly thrive, you know? I mean, at this point, he's just a situational quarterback, but Bazelak is the clear number one starter. Yeah, pretty much. Um, could see Sean Robinson trying to transfer one more time, but this time going to a really shitty school. I say that as if Mizzou <laughs> is really good. But you know what I mean, like a uh, below the twelve type school, uh, group of five or division two or not division two FCS. My bad, uh, group of five or FCS school, uh, just anywhere where he can be the clear cut starter. Uh, I feel like that would be the best move for him at this point, uh, because. Like I said, you can't have a quarterback or controversy. You need that one guy that you can rally behind. That was the problem last year. There was a locker room divide with Kelly and Albert, and that caused a bunch of problems. Uh, You need that one guy, and Connor is calm, cool, and collected. Uh, Sometimes it seems like he doesn't give a fuck, which is not a bad thing. Uh, especially after you came off of a season with a lot of drama, you need just like that guy who will just get there and do his job. Yeah. Uh, so I think that he's the future of the team. Well, and isn't he like a redshirt freshman? Uh, no, he he's just he's a sophomore. He was a true freshman, I think. Uh, well, I don't think he he may have burned his redshirt. I forget. I don't I don't remember though. But um. Moving on, though, uh, it's weird because um, Tennessee held us to less points than Bama, and they were also only three points off from what Bama scored against us. But it feels like we played a lot better than we did against Bama. But uh, the thing is, um, you know, Tennessee, I didn't expect them to be this good. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I didn't really expect us to win, but I thought it would be a competitive game, but it really wasn't. But I mean, it could have been had we started Bazelak from the first snap, but um, I, I just want to say, um, Tennessee's offensive line and defensive line pushed both of our lines around all game. I mean, just totally dominating the line of scrimmage. We didn't get any pressure on um, Garantano. And then also, um, our run defense did not look good at all today, um, and that you can put a lot of that on the D-line as well. Um, I thought the linebacker core looked fine, but then when their running game got into the um, secondary um, guys were um, just not getting to where they needed to be but 
I have to give credit to uh, Eric Gray, the Tennessee running back. He looked amazing today. I think he definitely has an NFL future. But um, I, I think one thing that's obvious from this game is they really miss Jarvis Ware, um, their other starting cornerback opposite of Ennis Rakestraw. And Ennis Rakestraw looked good again today too, but he kind of got screwed because, and I'll get into more of this later with the officiating crap, but um, there was one play where Ennis Rakestraw got called for a pass interference, but it was a completely uncatchable ball. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong, but the officiating today was awful. I know there was a lot that I just said there, but um, anything you wanted to follow up with? I mean, not really. You kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'll just go through and kind of give my takes. Uh, the right. secondary, uh, like you were talking about, we really needed our starting cornerback. But Ennis Rakestraw, man, this kid's legit. He's he's not playing like a three-star. Three-stars don't come in as freshmen and play like he does. Uh, outside of that, uh one player you were just mentioning, you don't hear his name often, which means he's doing his job. And he held up solidly against Bama last week. Dude's a legit corner. As for Burdine, Ish Burdine, dude's terrible. <laughs> I remember when he committed, and I got so excited because I thought he was going to be this great player on this on this Missouri defense. But no, he's terrible. Well, he gets burnt all the time. I'll cut him. I'll cut him some slack because. He's not supposed to be starting, and he is still only a sophomore. But um, he he was originally supposed to be a safety. I don't know if his move to corner was a coaching decision or his own decision, but um, I'm going to wait to make a final judgment on him. But, uh, yeah, from what we've seen these first two games, uh, he definitely has a lot to work on. Is he listed as a corner yeah or no he's listed as a corner but he was he just playing corner because yeah, of depth that might be why and that's why i say that um but i th- put the man back at safety yeah you can't cover man on man for shit because <laughs> he was recruited as a safety but our safety room is actually pretty loaded now i was not impressed by um blood so today and or uh, Gillespie or Bloods or Bloods are really, but uh, Martez Manuel looked good like he did last week, and Jelani Williams I think started the game and looked okay. Um, but the safety play overall was uh, kind of shaky today. But again, I liked what Martez Manuel did, and he did recover a fumble in the uh, second quarter, which got called back from a phantom uh, hand, hand <clears throat> excuse me hands to the face call which I thought was completely bogus, but, I mean, whatever. Like I said, the officiating today was just absolutely terrible. A complete missed block on the back on number 64 on Tennessee um, on their one of their touchdown runs. That would have wiped points off the board from Tennessee. Uh, just the officiating. And, look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be that person that was like, oh, the refs completely, like, you know, they decided the game. Because they, I mean, they didn't. They did. Yeah, because <laughs> Mizzou, Mizzou – didn't play all that well, but they definitely screwed us over a lot. Oh, uh, speaking of screwing us over, let's talk about the wide receiver room. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jalen Knox can't catch for shit. And Jacinto had his defenders beat. Basilak threw a perfect ball, hit him right in the breadbasket, and he dropped it. 
Dominic Jacinto should be cut just for that play. That was horrible. There yeah. was nothing more Basil I could have done, and he just dropped it. Yeah, wide receiver is a huge concern because we really have one of the worst wide receiver groups in the SEC. Um, Damon Hazleton looked solid today, kind of bounced back from his week one disappointment, but... I mean, you're still going to need more than that. Um, Kiki Chisholm was someone that was like highly touted coming in. Uh, he was a grad transfer from D2 Angelo State, and is I mean, even Drink and Kiki Chisholm himself was like, you know, he, he's trying to get to the NFL. Well, I haven't seen anything indicating he's an NFL receiver, but um, and I mean, I'm not writing him off. I think he can still be solid because he hasn't really been targeted that much. But again, if you call yourself an NFL receiver, you know. Yeah, at least need to make a catch or two. But, um, yeah, Jalen Knox uh, had a couple drops today. Just the same stuff that has been plaguing our wide receiver group forever. And it's just really concerning because um, as well as Drink has been recruiting, we don't have any wide receivers committed. Um, but he did get a few impressive wide receivers in um, this past freshman class. And they're only freshmen right now, so um, they're not really playing all that much, which is fine. But, you know, you've got to find some – you know diamonds in the rough there or something because i mean and this doesn't even go for the wide receivers just a lot of the position groups you know d-line not getting pressure the o-line really thin this is all because barry odom left the cupboard bare for a drink i mean this is what he has to work with and this is why people need to calm down when making judgments after the second game of a brand new coach i mean I mean, this is 90% Barry Odom's team still. I mean, most of these guys, like we're talking about Jalen Knox, Dominic Jacinto, Sean Robinson, Connor Bazelak, uh, you know, uh, oh yeah, Ishmael Burdine, you know, all these guys. Like, these are Barry Odom players. These are guys that committed to Barry Odom, okay? So just give Drink a few years to build his own team, and then we can start talking about, you know, is he doing good or not. But, I mean, yeah, the wide receivers are a huge problem for sure. Once we enter the Tyler Macon era is when we can really start making uh, judgments on Drink. Yeah, because that's his quarterback. That's going to be his first quarterback. Uh, Brady Cook, I mean, you can really count him as either a Drink or Odom commit because he originally committed to Odom. He just stayed a Mizzou commit after Drink was hired, but, you know. Yeah, Brady Cook, I feel really bad because I feel like he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, because uh, Basilak looks really good, and Macon seems to be the future drinks quarterback. So maybe uh, Brady will be able to get a year of starting in, but I don't know. It doesn't look great for him, and he sucks because I really like Brady. Well, and but, you know, it's the nature of the game. Yeah, well, and if other QB, uh, if other QBs are you know winning the job over him, that's a good thing because that means we probably found a really good QB. I mean, it's not saying that Brady Cook is bad. It just means, you know, we have really good QBs on roster. Yeah. But it just sucks because, you, uh, you know, you want to see these guys succeed and go to the next level, whether that be the NFL, CFL, XFL, whatever league's going on. You want to see these guys continue playing football. And to do that, they need to play. So it just kind of sucks from that perspective. But from a program perspective, yeah, it's a great thing. Uh, if your good players are getting beat out by better players, as long as it doesn't cause a controversy in the locker room, uh, yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah. Um... Uh, but one of the things that 
uh, does concern me is uh, I've been saying that uh, the reason I think Drinkwitz is going to be good is because he says exactly what I want to hear and he inspires confidence. Uh, there's like a few things that I have a problem with drink on and he just like has this aura around himself of confidence and swagger that uh, I think is going to make him a I think it's made him a really good recruiter and I thought it would make him a really good coach like if he came down and sat down in my living room like I'd want to go play for him uh, but in the press conferences which there's going to be more people who watch this video than watch the press conference for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it's just a weird side note I thought I'd add. Uh, literally nobody watched except me. Anyway, uh, he seemed very defeated in the past uh, two games. I mean, obviously because he was defeated. But one of the things that he preached, I've listened to Eli Drinkwitz speak so much, but one of the things that he uh, really hammers in and his kind of one of his many mission statements is they are going to chase success and not fear failure. Uh, uh, something like because you can only learn from failure type thing. Yeah, uh, something like that. And the fact that he's just so defeated after these two losses is concerning because you were expecting this year to be kind of rough. You know, first-year head coach, no spring football, uh, a roster from a terrible head coach. You know, you expect him to struggle, and I figured that was his expectation, especially for the early few games, but he just looks completely distraught yeah, I, and defeated. Like I noticed that a lot as well, and I the same here. I feel terrible for him. I kind of want to go up to him and, like, give him a hug and, like, be like, dude, you like, don't freak out, like... We get it. You were given Bama and an all-SEC schedule to start your coaching career here. Like, we get it, but it's no rush. We understand this is not all your players, and just it's a rough situation. Like, I understand, but there's no need to freak out. Like, he just kind of gives off the vibe that, like, he really wants to do well here, and he's, like, pissed off because he feels like he's letting the fan base down when – really i i want him to take all the time in the world to like really make this his own team yeah i feel like that's probably the majority of it uh he feels like he's letting the fan base down uh he talked about how for a while he thought college football was easy uh i think his first ever football gig was the year that cam newton took the auburn tigers to the national championship so his idea was hey this college football for two years before this uh last year he broke multiple sunbelt records at appalachian state and the year before where uh wasn't the prior year before but it was his only other head coaching experience was at the middle school level yeah so he's i feel like he's overwhelmed you know, when you are a uh, college football head coach, you are essentially the CEO of the team. You have to handle recruiting, game planning, everything. And he doesn't have an OC, so he's operating as the OC and the head coach. And I think the dude is just completely swamped and overwhelmed. Uh, he has a close relationship with Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle 
um, is still involved with the team in some capacity, I believe still lives in the Como area. So I think what should happen is uh, Drink should bring Pinkle in as either like an advisor or an assistant to just take some of the pressure off because Pinkle's health is doing pretty good. But obviously, I don't think he can take the full load of being a coach again. But just have him take some of the pressure off Drink because you can tell it's getting to Drink. Yeah, uh, I don't know if... Pinko wants to be any like coach again or well i mean like i think like if you had him like on in some coaching position on the sidelines um i feel like that would be a benefit to him but i totally get what you're saying um yeah he does seem a little overwhelmed although i will say um i feel like him being the oc um does kind of benefit him as well because he really gets to do what he wants with the offense he doesn't have to bring in some big-headed OC that's been, you know, passed around the league before, like Derek Dooley, he was just really stubborn, like, he, some, I, I feel like he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to have that kind of situation, but I can totally get what you say about the whole overwhelm thing, because he does really seem to overwhelm, uh, he seems to be overwhelmed, but, um, yeah, I, he, I just, I really feel bad for the guy. Yeah, like, Pinkle doesn't even need to be the OC, but maybe just, like, have Pinkle up in the booth and Drink's ear, keeping him calm and giving him advice, uh, just keeping him level-headed because Pinkle Pinkle's been there. He's done that. Uh, so he's won the SEC East. So just having uh, almost like a little angel on his shoulder to calm yeah. him down and maybe give him advice here and there I think would be really nice for Drink. And maybe he could ha- uh, have Pinkle help recruit or something. But obviously not give him a huge role. But just have him there to take some of the pressure off. Yeah, and uh, they... And, like, he doesn't need an OC, but... Well, and Drink has a very similar path um, to Pinkle as far as coaching. Because um, Pinkle, before Mizzou, was at Toledo and built Toledo um, to what they are today. Uh, which is a really solid program, uh, and then he came to Mizzou, and it was a huge jump, and he wasn't that successful when he first got here, but then it like really started to ramp up, and Drink is kind of on a similar path right now, and you just you just really hope that everything turns out okay for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, also, one thing I wanted to point out. Um, my play of the game... Um, that little, I think it was where they went for it on fourth down. I think they went for it on fourth down. Um, Connor Bazelak yeah. floated a beautiful ball over like three Tennessee defenders to Logan Christofferson, uh, the tight end. That was a beautiful play. Dude, Bazelak is a beast. Yeah. And like I, I said, he had that one ugly I'm... pick at the end of the game, but uh, you'll expect that. Uh, um, but I, but I, besides that, he played fine. I was really call it ugly. Yeah. I... I could, I know what he was looking at there. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like whenever you saw it get picked off, you're like, oh, like that. If you if that ball was just like a few inches more to the right, like it would have been in the receiver's hand. I, I know what you mean, but yeah. Yeah, and that's something that he'll get over as he continues to play. And Connor's not the type of guy to get hung up on that. Uh, you know, he carries himself very confidently. He uh, he goes with the flow. Part of the reason I compare him to Nick Foles 
Uh, they both just go out there and play football. Whatever happens, happens. They don't get hung up on anything. So I don't think that's going to be a problem in the future. I think he'll just like see that in film and be like, hey, probably should put that ball a little higher next time, and that'll be that. I don't think it's going to be any uh, problem. And I think uh, if he's in the same situation next week, he makes that throw. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's definitely a guy that just needs game experience, and he's finally getting some. Not that he didn't last year, but like what he – where he played today, the situation he played in today is different from playing the last couple drives versus Georgia when you're getting blown out. Like, this is real game experience for Connor Bays, like that he hasn't really had before. Yeah, the past two weeks, uh, it's been split, uh, and you know everyone's kind of leaning towards Sean, but it's really been split between Sean and Connor. And I think that next week against LSU. Uh, drink giving Connor the green light, which I assume he will to, uh, just be, hey, you're our guy. Uh, as long as you play pretty well, uh, you're the guy moving forward, especially against the defending national champions. We'll do a lot for Connor's confidence. Uh, and I think uh, the team will rally behind him and this team can bounce back and be somewhat decent towards the end of the year. Yeah, We saw... Uh, Mississippi State upset LSU and then immediately lose to Arkansas. So anything can happen this year. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, despite the wide receivers dropping passes, like the offense, you know, looked fairly good today when Bayslack was in. And the running game also opened up as well after Bayslack came in. And Larry Roundtree just looked like a beast today. I think he ended up with like 80 something yards on only 18 carries, which is really efficient. So. Um, I was excited to see that, but, um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So, um, looking forward to LSU. Um, I think this is actually a game that we might have a chance to win. Dare I say? Uh, I feel like they're about on the same level of Tennessee. So. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. I think. Like I said, we come out firing with Bayslack against LSU. I think we have a legit shot. I mean, LSU. I mean, I LSU's still a good team, but I mean, they just lost so much from that national championship. I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry, Grant Delpit, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just they lost so many good players from that team. Yeah. Oh yeah, and for, for the fan, yeah, I, it. We can talk about it more later, but uh, just again, for the fans that are overreacting two games into the drink era on an all-SEC schedule, like, just chill out, okay? I mean, this is still Barry Odom's team. Drink is on pace to finish with a top-20 recruiting class. Um, give Drink four years of a top-20 class. Let's just, like, if we assume that he stays on the same pace... You give a coach four years of a top 20 recruiting class, I guarantee you he will win here, okay? So just chill out. We're not worried about what Barry Odom's doing. We're not worried about what Arkansas is doing, okay? That, you know, good for them, but we're worried about Mizzou and Drinkwitz, and I can guarantee Drink will win here. Sounds good. Was that a good end to the pod? Anything else we need to go over? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's it for this pod. Um, for those who listen to us that 
listen to the Chiefs stuff too. Um, we have no idea what the hell is going to happen with the game against the Patriots, but I'm sure we'll have. A... We'll figure that out. Yeah, later. we'll we'll have more on that in a future podcast. But um, just an update for the Chiefs listeners too. But yeah, that's it for this this episode. Uh, we'll see you next time.